This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today we've got a great story of compliance against a sexist person, but first, a story from Happy Giraffe. Cameras have to be on, no matter what. Fine by me, don't mind the pump. I'm a project manager and data scientist. I manage lots of different public health-related projects. There's one project in particular that includes a really demanding team from a federal government department. I recently returned back to work for maternity leave. I work in my office three days a week. On those days, I have to pump breast milk at regular intervals for my baby. Luckily, I have my own private office and can usually just keep on working, emails, reports, etc. while I pump. I have a hands-free wearable pump which is convenient, but still definitely obvious if I'm wearing it. It pokes out of my shirt and is not exactly silent. Recently, we've had a Zoom call scheduled during one of the times I needed to pump. Instead of missing the meeting, I figured I would just keep my camera off so I could wear my pump and still participate and listen. Heck, I was even in my office and not working from home. I felt like I was being a pretty committed employee. Meeting starts, a few people have their cameras off. The lead makes the announcement. I just want to remind everyone that our expectation is that you'll have your cameras on because this is not a virtual meeting. It's a simulated in-person meeting, whatever that means. I sent a quick private message to explain I was paying attention, but pumping. No response to me, just instead a, Again, the expectation is that all cameras will be on. So fine. I turned my camera on for this meeting of about 20 people. The camera isn't aimed at my chest, but certainly the top of my pump is clearly visible. I unmuted myself so you could also clearly hear the pump, and just said, Thank you for your patience, I was adjusting my breast pump. The meeting continued awkwardly, with several other team managers letting me know privately it was fine to turn my camera off, but at that point, there really was no point in turning it off. At the most recent meeting, the announcement was, please turn on your cameras if you're comfortable doing so. As somebody that would describe myself as fairly introverted, the phrase, please turn on your cameras if you're comfortable doing so, is like a threat to me. If you were given the option in a work meeting and you were told, please turn on your cameras if you're comfortable doing so, would you want to try to find excuses to keep the camera off as much as possible? Or do you have no problem turning that camera on? Let me know how you guys would do in the comments down below. Our next story is from Weircho. Won't replace a brand new broken lawnmower, but will let me return and reorder? Okay. So I bought a riding lawnmower a few years ago from a big home store. I paid for delivery, and upon said delivery, it didn't start. The delivery truck had left by the time I got gas in it and figured this out, so I called the store. I explained that my brand new, just delivered today lawnmower wasn't starting, and immediately the person on the phone asked me if I purchased the extended warranty. I hadn't. 
So they told me it would cost $100 to have them come get the lawnmower, and then however much more the repairs were. Mind you, this was brand freaking new. In my mind, they should bring me a new one to replace the one that didn't work upon delivery. No matter how much I argued, this worker was sticking to their story. I quickly changed my tactic and asked what the return policy was. As long as a return was initiated within 30 days, I could have a full refund including the cost of delivery, and the store would come pick up the mower for me at no additional cost. So I pointed out that the store wouldn't replace my non-working item by taking one trip to my house to pick up the non-working one and bring me one that worked, and instead would make two trips to pick up the one that didn't work and then bring me the new one I purchased the second time as a totally different transaction. The worker said yes, and when I tried to point out how that made no sense, he didn't want to hear it. So right then and there, I initiated a refund. I then immediately ordered a new one and had him set up the delivery date. After that date was set, we had to schedule the date for pickup of the old mower, and I made myself unavailable for any date other than the delivery date for the new one. So even though they had insisted that they wouldn't just bring me a replacement mower and pick up the first one, they were now doing just that but with the additional paperwork of processing a return and additional paperwork for the delivery of the new mower. The manager called me later that day to apologize for the hassle and they ended up waiving my delivery fee. I don't know if this guy gets like a kickback or something for getting these extra repair fees or if they were just a novice but they clearly were not following their policy the right way or they weren't doing whatever steps necessary to make this thing actually right for the customer. In fact, it kind of blows my mind that they would have a customer that goes and buys a riding lawnmower from them, and they would go and give that person a hard time, as if they didn't just spend hundreds of dollars being a legitimately good customer. You think they would want to try to hustle to both retain that customer and keep them satisfied? So maybe they need a policy reshuffle. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Every video's got great stories, like our next one from Ancient Educator 76. You need to be communicating more clearly with your parents. I don't want to see this kid in my office until you've done so. Time for some teacher double malicious compliance. This happened at the height of the TikTok challenge, but the fruition of malicious compliance has finally reared its beautiful head. So back when soap dispensers the world over were on high alert due to students stealing them or destroying them in the process, the teachers at my school were directed to monitor the bathrooms. First off, I think that this is a disgusting practice, especially when our admin says, you need to go inside that restroom and get them out of there. Freaking gross. We have a security guard for that, and even an SRO. But nope, it's on us now. Added to the ever-increasing pile of things I never thought I'd have to do as a teacher. The boys' upstairs restroom is directly across the hall from my room. Joel Embiid could spread his arms and touch both the door to my room and this bathroom simultaneously with his palms. I hear a sound, a very distinct sound that, thanks to TikTok, I've been required to learn to listen for. The loud snapping of the back of a soap dispenser that someone's trying to pry off the wall. It's very distinct and I heard it well from my classroom door, just as I was about to prop it open mid-class. I open the restroom door and walk inside while my body holds the door open. I see three boys. One's doing a stupid dance while rotating in a circle in place. One standing on a toilet inside a stall, phone up and open recording, presumably. 
and one staring at the mirror. The first two boys see me and change their behavior. One student doesn't seem to see me and reaches forward with his fingers clawed open, prying at the back of a soap dispenser. This happened multiple times in the span of about two seconds and it was clear what he was doing. I finally couldn't take how long it had been since I've had this door open and cleared my throat. He looks at me, pretends to have only been washing his hands the whole time and stands there. I tell them they need to move along. Two boys listen. Dispenser boy decides to make this a point of contention saying, no, I don't think I will. It's at this point I decide to witch out and report what he was doing to admin. If this was today I freaked up, this would have been freaked up one. I tell EJ, a great security guy who can't be everywhere at once, you know, displacement theory, what's going on? And he gets dispenser boy out of the restroom and sends him to the office. Upon request, I email admin exactly what happened and about as much painful detail as the aforementioned paragraphs would indicate, and this should be it, right? Nope. Dad doesn't believe his precious little dispenser boy could or would do something like this. And he pressed the issue because Dispenser Boy was 100% denying. Hmm, middle school kid denying something? Nah, it doesn't sound like a middle schooler. I will say, I have the utmost respect for kids and excuse their behavior before adults. Adults should know better. But this began wasting a lot of my time. All of a sudden, I'm now required to sit down alongside administration just to have a makeshift conference call with the Dispenser Boy's dad. I already emailed the details, spoke on the phone with admin about this, then in person to confirm it, accompanied by my standing exactly where and how the students stood, how they attempted to remove the soap dispenser, etc. I had to mind this because the dad didn't believe that this is what his son was doing. So why the flip am I meeting? What's there to discuss? Oh, the father doesn't believe his son would do something like this and due process and all that. Due process doesn't mean that you get to demand my presence like some sort of underpaid genie. Like I have to perform and reenact the scenario in a convincing enough way so dad will finally believe it. Yet here I was, sitting in my admin's office while she dialed the father's number on speakerphone. Here's what she said. Hi Mr. Buttfart, this is Mrs. Bibble from Floppy Middle School. I'm here with OP and he's confirmed that your child was definitely attempting to remove the soap dispenser and not just trying to get soap. I understand how this could be a misunderstanding. She said some more typical admin things, but then turned to me, her face changing from hard to interpret to very easy to interpret, and said, you really need to start communicating clearly with your parents. I don't want to see any kid in my office until after you've done so. This could have been easy if you'd done this. I see your point and I see why I need to be chided. That's probably what my face said. But deep down, I was shocked. I have no idea how I could have prevented an issue with his parent. I did everything according to protocol, had EJ pull the tape to confirm times, all that jazz. I thought she was going to be apologetic about the situation, saying, I'm sorry, I know your word means something and you saw this firsthand. And I even have a statement from another student that was there saying that he was trying to take it down. She did. So I shouldn't have called you here on your prep just so Dispenser Boy's dad could talk to you and ask you himself. You know, something like that. I decided right then that I was going to have a malicious compliance moment, just wasn't sure when. I'd forgotten about this for months now, then all of a sudden, I get my opportunity. 
Good old dispenser boy is at it again, this time throwing things at a female student running away from him in the hall, ending with him slapping her in the behind and then groping it. Imagine him making a duck bill with his hand, it was like that. She was not a willing participant in this. Enter malicious compliance. I remember what admin said about sending a very clear email to parents, and to do so before I send a kid to the office. So I have dispenser boy wait in the hall rather than send him down, then ask my colleague to stand in the hallway to monitor so I can stop my class's instruction to write an email to a parent. I needed to send an email first, right? Here's the email. Team B, I always use team and last name. I was at my propped open classroom door, ready to close it as 7th grade lunch students passed, when I saw dispenser boy chasing a female student through the halls, eventually hitting her on the backside. By backside, I mean a very inappropriate location to hit someone. He also used a grabbing slash pinching motion to grasp her backside as well. Right around this time, Officer Platinum popped his head in my class asking, What's up with this guy? I told him and he said, No need to call the office. I'll handle it from here. I continued my email. I had intended on sending Dispenser Boy to the office, but was instructed to be more clear in my communication. So I wanted to send this email before sending him down. Also a requirement I've been advised to adhere to after our last communication. Our school resource officer happened to swing by, so it appears that the office visit may not be happening just yet. If there's anything you need, don't hesitate to ask or reply to this email. OP. I lost train of what happened after this. I immediately returned to teaching after officer took dispenser boy off my hands. But I know videotape was used, interviews with many students were used, and dispenser boy won't be on campus the rest of the school year. I'm not sure if he officially got arrested, but everybody was talking about how dispenser boy left in a cop car. The dispenser thing was bad enough, but man, this kid deserves to be expelled, and the process with the admin is just downright confusing. I get parents usually have power in that kind of situation, but you shouldn't allow that to influence you to do things backwards. And our final story of the day is by Neville's Rememberal. Only want men to make your meal? Fine by me. I worked as a cook and carryout for an Italian restaurant for several years. Normally I would work in the kitchen during the week and carry out on the weekends. My forte was cook. I was fast, detailed oriented, and prided myself on making the perfect dish. In the 5 plus years I worked there, I was the only female ever in the kitchen. On Tuesdays, I was always in the kitchen and another worker, Eric, worked carryout. Every Tuesday, a customer would come in and order the same thing. The order was very specific and went against how meals are typically prepared. Things like they only wanted two meatballs instead of the standard three, the meatballs must be separate from the spaghetti in an aluminum dish, not a styrofoam cup, a small scoop of sauce on the meatballs, etc. The meal was so specific I knew it by heart and always made it. The cheapskate owner of the restaurant would have been pissed if he knew how much styrofoam and aluminum tins I had used to make the order by splitting all the food out, but I didn't mind. Well, one day, Eric decided to switch the serving in the main dining room to make more money. The first Tuesday he switched, the managers didn't have anyone for carryout, so they asked me to cover. As I was working that night in carryout, an old man in a black bowler hat and tan trench coat comes in the lobby. I greet him, and I'm about to take his order when he states, Are there any men working today? Where's Eric? I was confused, but one and fetched Eric, and Eric took his order. 
I asked Eric if he was related and he said, no, he just feels women are incompetent and can't make his order right. I was fuming. When the order was ready, I picked it up and realized it was the specific order that comes in every Tuesday. This old man must have assumed only men work in the kitchen. Little did he know that he'd just come face to face with the 5 foot 100 pound female that had perfectly made his order every Tuesday for years. I handed him his order without a word. I was so angry by his sexism that I didn't want to speak and say something that would make me lose my job. I regret not saying anything to this day. He inspected the order, rolled his eyes when he spied the meatballs in styrofoam instead of an aluminum dish, but left without a word. After that, I decided if he wanted men to handle this stupid order, then I'll go with it. I got approval from the manager to proceed with my plan, and male co-workers jumped in to help. I asked Eric to not help him anymore since he was familiar with the old man's order. Besides, he needed a focus on serving anyways. Only other men took his order. I asked the male cooks to make his meal. I didn't tell them the special instructions. No more special treatment with separate tins. He got the standard spaghetti and meatballs like everyone else. It would be what the male cheapskate owner would want after all, and no special discount codes that would credit him 50 cents for one less meatball. Only Eric and I knew the discount codes during that shift anyways. Well, every week his order was, according to him, wrong. He started to demand that the order be remade per his requirements. He would be denied his requests, citing the cheapskate owner was cracking down on product waste. He got even more upset when he discovered he wasn't getting the discount codes anymore. After several Tuesdays of this charade, he finally asked to speak to a manager to voice his dissatisfaction. He asked, where's that man that was making my meal? And the manager responded, oh, she quit. Looking back, I should have instead popped up around the corner and said something like, I'm no man, a la Lord of the Rings or something. But that was the best response we thought of at the time. Unfortunately, he didn't have an epiphany or realization that I was hoping for. The manager just said he scoffed and took his food and left. He quit coming a couple weeks later. Never heard from him again. Should have been more respectful to the female cook. A guy like this got everything they deserved and more. This guy was getting super special treatment, and then they showed their true colors and asked for even more misogynistic special treatment, and rightly so, everybody's like, well screw that. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories.